Thanks, Alan, and the worship team. Let's thank our worship team this morning and our tech team. Love it. Uh, please remember, uh, if you have not been uh, in the auditorium the last couple of weeks, one of the initiatives we're trying to really work on this year is building a little bit more sense of contact and community and communication here in the auditorium family. So on the back table there by the coffee, we, uh, Jenny Hesseltine and Becky Denoy, a couple of years ago, just tried to throw together some names of of auditorium family members, so we, we kind of have a partial list, but we know that it's not updated at all. So if you consider yourself part of the auditorium family, we would just love to have your contact information. We're not gonna spam you, we're not gonna publish anything. This is just so that we uh, can pray and we can also communicate to you as part of the auditorium family if we need to have, uh, shoot out an email for an announcement or something. So there, there's a list. You can check and see if your name is already on the list, just make sure the information is correct. And if it's not, just scratch it out, put the correct information on there. If your name isn't on the list, please forgive us. Don't mean to leave anybody out. But we have these little uh, papers, just give us your name uh, and contact information, leave it on the table, we'll pick it up after the service, okay? Good. Also, our photo wall back here, we also wanna just have the opportunity to get to know one another. I mean, we know that this section and this section, they don't hardly, we hardly, we might see a familiar face, but we hardly interact together. So we just want to be able to go, oh, who is that person? So on the photo wall, we just want some family photos that get a, and put a name, uh, both, and if you got kids, names of the kids, so we can just get to know one another. Thank you. All right, neighborhood time. We haven't done that for several weeks, so here's the question for neighborhood time. For those of you who don't know what neighborhood time is, we just kinda get together with people around us. Uh, just get together in neighborhood. Feel free to get up and move somewhere. Uh, move your chairs around if you need to do that. Uh, but we're just gonna discuss this question. It's a simple one today. What is the most powerful experience of nature? What's the, what's the most, uh, the greatest experience of nature's power that you have ever personally either witnessed or experienced? And then talk about if you can remember what your feelings were in that, okay? So go, and if you, hey, no, no push, if you don't feel like doing this and you're an introvert, so just pretend, pretend to pray or something. Okay, go, go. All right, let's bring it back in. I love hearing you guys talking. It's so fun just to listen to the cacophony of voices, um, the laughter, some interesting stories, I'm sure. We're in Mark chapter four. This morning, last week we talked about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath. This week we're gonna talk about Jesus being Lord of the storm. And we're in verse 35 of Mark chapter four. Let me read it as we begin. That day when evening came, he, Jesus said to his disciples, you know what, let's go over to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in a boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat 
so that the boat was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, that's the back of the boat, in case you didn't know. He's in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? (laughs) Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Now let's not forget the forest for the trees as we are making our way through the gospel of Mark. Mark's gospel, the shortest, tightest, most condensed of the four biographies of Jesus in scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Mark is writing to his fellow Hebrew people. He's, his, the Jewish people that he was raised, his primary audience is that he would be able to share with the Hebrew people that Jesus was indeed the Messiah that they had been looking for. So as he's been sharing his stories, he has been really focused, like last week, we talked about the difference between the fundamentalist version of Judaism that the religious leaders and that the the Hebrews really were given to in Jesus' day versus the freedom and love of what Jesus came to bring to them. So he was trying to say, hey, what you you have thought of and all these little rules about the Sabbath, that is not The Messiah came to free us from the prison of our rules and free us to understand his rest. So now, today, Mark is taking it another step further to say that Jesus is not only Lord of the Sabbath, he's Lord of creation as well. So three things this morning, if you're taking notes. Number one, let's talk about the storm. Now we're on the Sea of Galilee, um, if you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, how many of you have been to the Sea of Galilee? Anybody? Yep, good, good, handful. Um, the reality is that, see, Wendy and I were talking about this week, sea is kind of a, is a misnomer, if you will, because the Sea of Galilee is really not that big. Uh, in fact, there are, you know, lakes in Minnesota that are bigger than the Sea of Galilee. There it is, uh, nowhere on the Sea of Galilee, if you're on a boat, do you lose sight of land, okay? However, it is a big body of water, and because the Sea of Galilee is uh, below sea level, where it is really, really dry and hot, and then it is, right nearby is a mountain range, So the winds coming up over the mountain range are cool. The winds coming across the Sea of Galilee are hot. And we know in, you know, high school science, you combine the hot and the cold, what happens? Thunderstorms, storms. So 
Sea of Galilee actually is notorious for these squalls that just come up out of nowhere, and they can be pretty violent. In my text group this week, one of the members of my text group actually went out to YouTube, and there was a YouTube video a guy was standing on the Sea of Galilee watching the, the wind coming in and the waves breaking over in the squall. And it was awesome because you can kind of see this was kind of the thing that the, they were experiencing out there. Okay, so the storm comes up and on the Sea of Galilee, even the professional fishermen are scared for their lives. So that gives you an idea of just how bad it had gotten. While Jesus is asleep. Now, I want you to think about last week, we talked about Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath. And not only was he Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus said, I am rest incarnate. Jesus is shalom where this, this idea of everything, good, awesome, being at rest. Jesus said, come to me if you're burdened or heavy laden and I will give you rest. Why? Because I am rest. I am Sabbath. Now, you, he's in the middle of this storm and Jesus is asleep at rest. Peace, shalom in the midst of the chaos. Is that not a cool picture of what shalom is really all about? Now, in Jesus' day, the sea, the ocean, was known as the chaotic untamed nature. And in fact, if you go back and you look at some of the mythological gods that were gods of the sea, Poseidon being probably the number one thing that comes to mind, in ancient times, the sea gods were always the one that were kind of chaotic and powerful. They were not only, like Poseidon was not only the god of the ocean, but he was god of earthquakes. He was god of famine. He was god of anything powerful that created chaos for human beings, that was Poseidon. And if you go back to the Greek myth, Poseidon and Zeus were brothers, but Zeus always got, kind of had the, the edge, because Zeus became you know, the head of the Greek gods. And so Poseidon was always the one that was angry, ticked off, and so what happened? Boom, I bring about storms and earthquakes and famine and all these things. So that was the idea. When, when they talked about the sea and the ocean, that was sort of the pinnacle of nature's power that was untamed. It was unmanageable. There's a story uh, that Tim Keller shares of an 11th century Danish king named Canute. And in ancient times, Kings oftentimes were held to be God. All the way back to the ancient Egyptians and even the, the Greeks and the Rump, they'd say, not only am I your king or your Caesar, I am also God. So Canute's people were trying to convince him that he was a God, saying, you know, are you a God? And Canute went to the seashore 
where the waves are crashing in and he said, peace, be still, stop. And the waves just kept coming in. And he turned around to his people and he said, if I'm a God, I can stop the sea. I can't stop the sea, I'm not God. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, gets up to show that he has power over creation. Now here's the interesting thing, is because scripture tells us time and time again that Jesus was in the circle of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three, that Jesus was the agent of creation within that circle of love. What does that exactly mean? I, I, again, can't exactly unpack the mystery. But here's what I know. John 1 says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Word, capital W, the incarnate Word. Logos is the Greek. In him, uh, through him, all things were made. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Jesus is the agent of creation. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus is not only Lord of the storm, Jesus is power incarnate. It is the power of Jesus to let there be light. Boom, and there's creation. Wow. Yeah. Here's, it, when I was a child, Christ likeness was always, it seems like whenever an adult talked to me about Christ likeness, it was all about moral purity. That, anybody else here with me? It was always about Jesus' moral purity. But, uh, and we do, this, we do this with children. You know, we turn this, we, Santa, right? Naughty or nice. We do this with children to try and make them good kids. Uh, our, our kids, it's so fun being a grandparent, watching your children parenting. Can I tell you? So uh, Taylor and Clayton shared with us uh, through Christmas that our four-year-old grandson, Milo, they've tried to be, you know, to downplay the whole Santa myth um, and to, you know, to try and downplay the whole idea of Santa Claus and the, the list and the coal and the stockings. And they shared with us just that we, we can't do it. Every time we get upset with him at all, he starts screaming, but I don't want to be on Santa's naughty list. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> That's what we do. And so oftentimes we do the same thing with Christ likeness. Well, if you're going to be like Jesus, then don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But the older I get, the more for me Christ-likeness is, number one, it's far more expansive. 
but it, it has less to do with moral purity and more about finding shalom in the storm. That's the Christ-likeness that inspires me. So we have the storm. Number two, we've got the scream. <laughs> As the disciples wake Jesus up and said, Lord, don't you care if we drown? Now, isn't that an emotion that we all understand when something doesn't go right? Why? Why me? Why do I have to go this? What is going on? And we always, as a human being, I do this too. We tend to look at it in an either or fashion. Either my life is peaceful, calm, and everything's going okay, or God doesn't care about me. Or conversely, uh, if God cares about me, then my life is never going to experience the storms. But as we've said time and time and time again here in the Auditorium family over the last few years, it's not either or, it's yes and. When Jesus gets up and he says, why are you so afraid? Don't, do you still have no faith? And that in the Greek, that question could also be phrased, where is your faith? Where is it? What are you putting your faith into? Don't you care? Yes. You have no idea how much I love you. You have no idea how much I care. And I let people whom I love go through storms. Just look through scripture. Jonah, Hebrews in the wilderness. Everyone goes through storms. Why? Well, this is interesting. A couple of years ago, I shared, uh, in fact, I think it was the last time we did the Mark series, I shared about an uh, opportunity for a couple of years, my team from work went sailing on Lake Superior. And one night we were doing a night crossing of Lake Superior. So we left the Southern shore. We were sailing through the night to get to Isle Royal on the, on the North shore of Superior. And I had, the, I had the late night shift. So I was supposed to be, be at the helm from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. And there was a storm came up. And I was, <laughs> my, my friend Scott were there, hooked into the side as I got to sail this 38-foot sailing ship in a thunderstorm across Lake Superior. That, that's my story of the most, I mean, most powerful nature I've ever experienced. Completely dark, couldn't see, the, couldn't see where the waves are coming from. Um, amazing. But the next year we went to Superior, we got there on a Thursday night. We're supposed to sail Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on Friday and Saturday, there was not a hint of wind. Not a hint. Lake Superior was a plane of glass. Here's the deal. When there's no wind and the water is calm, a sailboat doesn't go anywhere. 
when God gave us words for Holy Spirit, ruach, <laughs> pneuma, what is it? He gave, he gave us the word picture of wind. So if God is, if Jesus is Lord of creation, that wind that is blowing a storm into our life, that wind reminds us that that Holy Spirit is blowing us somewhere we're supposed to go. God is not, has not abandoned us. God is in the storm. And God is moving us where we gotta be. Can I remind you, auditorium family, what has been the recurring theme in this room over and over and over and over again for the last five to seven years? When life storms hit, there's a reason for it. There is purpose in the pain. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials, storms, testing, knowing that it's there to help you build perseverance and character and faith to bring maturity and completeness, shalom with Christ. When the storms hit <laughs> and we're likely to go, Lord, why do you, don't you care? If you love me, I wouldn't be going through this. If you love me, this wouldn't be happening. If you love me, Jesus says, yes, I love you. And give thanks in all circumstances because it activates your faith to pray powerful prayers that evil may be overcome and that you will ultimately learn how to live and reign with Christ, the Lord of all creation. The storm, the scream. Here's the thing to remember. If God's power is unbounded, which it is, if he is God of creation and he is power, then so his wisdom and his love for us are unbounded as well. And in the midst of the storm, Jesus says, where is your faith? Is my faith in the storm, my faith in what I see around me, or is my faith in God whose power, love, and wisdom is beyond all that I could think or ask or imagine. See, faith, follow me here. If you remember one thing today, remember this. Faith is not a virtue, it's a gift. Faith is not a virtue, it's a gift. So, if we don't have enough faith, maybe we should ask for more. I shared with, with you a month and a half, two months ago, that Wendy and I had been praying for our business to double, and uh, unexpectedly, a, uh, 
the, the largest client that makes up a huge chunk of Wendy and I's income unexpectedly after 15 years pulled the plug. So rather than being doubled, our income kind of cut in half. And so still there in that storm, a little update. Thank you for those who expressed your prayers and concern. That's great. Kevin and I were talking this week and Kevin asked me for an update. And we're still in that storm, not sure what all's happening. And Kevin said, Tom, you don't seem afraid. You don't seem anxious. And it was very kind of him to say. I mean, I, I will confess that I have my moments like everybody else. I'm human like everybody else. And I, I've been up in the middle of the night <laughs> praying a few times over the last couple months. But Psalm 112 is my, one of my life chapters. And I live with verses five through seven of Psalm 112 every single day, in good and bad, in the calm and the storm. Psalm 112 goes like this, blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. Generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. And here it comes. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious, compassionate, and righteous one. He scatters abroad his gifts to the poor. Righteousness endures forever. He has no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. Even in darkness, light dawns. So, why are you so afraid? I'm trying to trust in the Lord of the storm because his power is unmanageable, as is his love being untamed and his wisdom being unfathomable. And he knows right where I'm at. So I just keep trusting. You want to know a funny story? So here's an update. So two weeks ago, as we were, my board of directors was talking about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna fill the spot made by this client, um, they directed me to um, look for a partner that uh, specializes in lead generation, someone who can help us identify potential clients. So I went out, did a search, I was looking for, I actually contacted a few lead generation firms, I did, um, made a few appointments, did some interviews, and lo and behold, on LinkedIn, I get a message in my inbox from Junior J. Baptiste. Yep, John the Baptist Jr. messaged me. <laughs> and said, I represent somebody who does lead generation, wondering if you need anybody. Who says God doesn't have a sense of humor, right? I'll let you know how that plays out. So that brings us to number three, which is the, screen, or the surrender. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come on up. Uh, last week, 
We had people come up, pray for healing, uh, any kind of healing. And I had a really strong sense this week that, uh, that we were supposed to do it again. That there may have been people here last week who sat there feeling prompted to go up, get prayer, and, and didn't do it. So I just feel that sense. So uh, we've got prayer ministers that are gonna be up here this morning again today. We're gonna have elders, deacons serving as communion. Our faith is supposed to be an active faith. We're not about sitting and just mentally assenting to a group, uh, a list of doctrines. We wanna experience the Lord of the Sabbath, experience the power of God in our lives. So, notice, last thing here, notice that when the disciples were in the midst of the storm, they were afraid. After Jesus calmed the storm, they were terrified. So if you are in the middle of life's storm today, if you need prayer for healing, if you feel like you don't have enough faith for the storm you find yourself in, then I would encourage you to act on it. Wake Jesus up. Come, ask for prayer, pray for faith. Go, go to the table and experience Jesus' untamed love for you through the cup and the bread and surrender yourself to the Lord of the storm. Let's pray. God, thank you. Bless us this day. Thank you, Jesus, that you care <laughs> and you are with us in the midst of our storms. We do not have to be afraid. Give us increased measure of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Bless us now as we worship. In Jesus' name, amen.